Our first scripture comes to us um, today from the gospel according to John, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to flip to that or feel free to follow along on the screen. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our second passage um, comes from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Friends, this is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Amen. Amen. Well, will you bow your heads in a word of prayer with me? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for uh, all that you have done in our lives. For Jesus, living a life here on earth, fully God, fully man, dying on the cross for our sins, and rising from the dead. Thank you for your grace, God. We pray in this space this morning would be a holy place, uh, that you would silence any voice that is not of yours. In Jesus' name, that you would silence the voice of self, including my voice, that you would silence the voice of others, you would silence the voice of our enemy, the devil, that only you would speak through. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? Good. I think you said good. Uh, <laughs> my name's Zach Anderson, and I'm one of the pastors here at Covenant Methodist Church. Uh, quick note. Uh, this week, I was driving to Crockett, Texas to have lunch with a friend of mine, and I drove past a sign that said, Give blood, don't be a chicken. So as your pastor, um, I say to you, don't be a chicken. No, just kidding. But for real, there is a blood drive going on right now. It starts actually this very moment in the youth room, and it's honoring our very own Logan Magnus, who has been fighting and winning his battle against leukemia. So if you didn't pre-register to give blood uh, and you would like to, swing by the youth room and I would hope that they could squeeze you in. Uh, just don't go out during my sermon because I will call you out from the stage. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> this morning, friends, we're talking about the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. Now, for all you parents out there or anyone who uh, deals with kids, if you babysit regularly, um, silence is something that you crave. It's also something that you should be terrified of, right? You know what I'm talking about? 
when you don't hear something from your kids, it's been, uh, you know, that moment where you're like, man, when was the last time I heard my kid make any noise? You know they are up to no good, right? Uh, I had one of these moments uh, several years back. I was babysitting around seven or eight of my younger siblings. <laughs> you heard me, seven or eight. And, uh, and my brother, Grayson, who's now, uh, was he six or seven? Seven. Don't judge me. I've got a lot of siblings. And their ages are always changing every year. Um, so inconsiderate. Uh, <laughs> so Grayson, he was a baby. And, uh, and I had one of those moments. I was working on whatever I was working on in the house, making lunch or something. And I was like, okay. Um, I haven't heard Grayson make any noise in quite a while, and usually he's making noise, so I'm like, what is he into? And I start to walk around the house, and I go into the dining area, kitchen area, this is what I find. <laughs> Look at this face, people. That's the face of like, oh, <laughs> he got me. He got me. It's just so red-handed. Um, if I had been about Maybe a minute later, I think the curtains would have been ripped down, the computer would have been knocked off and smashed on the floor. Silence is terrifying as a parent. Um, thanks, you can take that down. <laughs> uh, but friends, that's not the kind of silence we're talking about this morning, as you might have guessed. Um, so let me establish a couple terms for us this morning. The first is that instead of uh, every time I reference this saying the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude, because that is a mouthful, uh, I might just say silence or the spiritual discipline of silence, and you'll just know that I'm talking about the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. Uh, the second term I want to define for us is the word noise. Uh, so when I use the word noise this morning, friends, I'm not just talking about noise that you hear with your ears, right, because we live in a culture where there's lots of noise around us all the time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like social media, right? Which, and, and noise isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? But we have uh, TV, we have Netflix, we have YouTube. We got our friends that we, that we hang out with and we love talking to. We got people that cut us off in traffic. All this stuff is, is noise that fills our minds and maybe distracts us from hearing the voice of God. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. But so when I say noise, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I was talking with Pastor Dario this week, and he shared a crazy statistic with me. Listen to this. According to Nielsen, the average adult in America, I believe in 2018, spent 11 hours and 27 minutes per day on media. Per day. So media is all that noise I'm talking about. It's TV, YouTube, social media, the radio, uh, 11 and a half hours a day. In 2017, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, was asked, who is your greatest competitor? You know what he said? Sleep. He said, and we're winning. You know what, you, you laughing, you know what I'm talking about. You're guilty. Uh, <laughs> I'm guilty too. Um, our lives are full of noise. And maybe you don't watch Netflix, maybe you're not into social media, but 
uh, maybe you watch and you read the news, or uh, you have a, a group of friends or coworkers or family members that uh, maybe they have a tendency towards gossip in their conversation. And like I said, it doesn't have to be necessarily a bad thing. It could just be any, any conversation, any information that you take in in your day is noise. We're surrounded by noise. Um, so friends, I'm going to have a moment of vulnerability with you guys this morning. When I began to study for this sermon, I came to a realization that I never have silence and solitude in my life. Never. Uh, this is kind of how I go about my day. I'll wake up. I love to listen to audiobooks, right, Doug Kent? Audiobooks. I love to listen to audiobooks. I love to listen to music. And I love to be around people. I'm a raging extrovert. And so uh, I spend all the time that I can around people. And then when I'm alone, I'm listening to an audiobook or I'm listening to music. 100% of the time. I have a water-resistant Bluetooth speaker in the shower. I'm listening to my audiobook. In the car, I'm listening to my audiobook. I wake up, I make breakfast, I'm listening all the time. You just ask my coworkers here at Covenant. I'm walking around the office with my headphones on, and when they say, uh, hey, Zach, I've got a question for you, I pause it, take my headphones off, answer the question, put them back on. I never have silence, and I never have solitude. Um, and so you might be saying to me, well, Zach, you see, I don't have that problem. I'm an introvert. Uh, I love me some alone time. And so what I say to you is that the spiritual discipline of silence is different. It's not just being by yourself. It's not just being quiet. Uh, but the spiritual discipline of silence means intentionally sitting with just you and God in silence. For it to be the spiritual discipline of silence, two things have to occur. It has to be, you have to be there, and you have to be in the presence of God. So as we read in John 15, we are to remain in Christ. Jesus said, remain in me and I in you, and then you will bear much fruit. Remain means to stay there for a while, right? We gotta, we gotta stay in his presence. And so for years... Friends, I have been dissatisfied with my prayer life and my time of reading scripture because I can never figure out why I couldn't focus. Right, you ever been, tell me if you've been here, you'd be praying uh, and you have every good intention to, uh, to be thanking God, praising God, praying for your loved ones, uh, even confession, adoration, and then you realize, you know, for me, then I'm like, why am I thinking about the Houston Rockets? Serious, like, it's a real problem for me, and it's been frustrating me for years. Or I'll be reading the Bible, uh, and, and I'm reading, I'm like a few chapters in, and then I realize, wait a second, I don't know what I just read. Have you done that? Yeah. It's serious. I have to go back and reread if I'm going to try and get anything. It's really hard. And so I have... Uh, been convicted as I began to study for this sermon. I've been convicted about the noise in my life. And I realize that even when I'm in a season of extreme consistency and spending time with God daily, uh, that this is what it looks for me. I'll be, I'll wake up, put on my headphones or my speaker, press play, listen, 
make breakfast, sit down at the table with oatmeal and a Bible, press pause, read the Bible and pray, press unpause. Y'all ever do that with your noise? So as I became convicted about this, I just tried introducing some times of silence into my day, and wow, what a difference. Brothers and sisters, uh, when you go throughout your day collecting noise, collecting information in your mind, I'm going to show you what it looks like in your brain. You might be wondering what this is. So as you go throughout your day, maybe when you wake up, your mind is like this, or maybe not. Maybe you wake up and your mind is instantly like this. But as you go throughout your day, you begin to collect information. It's kind of like a snow globe. It's a jar full of glitter for those of you listening online. Uh, and it just fills up your head and it swirls around and swirls around and it distracts you. And it keeps you from being able to hear the voice of God. I'll just set that right there. So when you have time with God in the middle of your noise, maybe you can't hear God's still small voice because of all that noise that's still bouncing around in your head. Uh, now, I know that some of you in this room, you have mastered the spiritual discipline of silence, right? No hands. Okay, good. Um, I was going to have to have a conversation with you afterwards if you had your hand up. Uh, but even if, friends, even if you are better at this practice than I am, like I said, I'm like two weeks into this, even if you're better at this than me, I have this to say to you. You don't practice it enough. And I want to look at the life of Jesus to prove that to you. Uh, as Madison read for us in the book of Mark, chapter 1, it, that verse 35 said, And Jesus arose very early in the morning and went to a solitary place to pray. But that's not the only time he did that. This blew my mind. I hope this blows your mind too. Listen to this. Uh, we'll continue in Mark chapter 2, 13. Don't try and turn there. We're going to go through a lot of verses in a row very quickly. I think it would be distracting if you try to keep up. Just listen as I read them to you. Mark two thirteen. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. So he leaves the town where he's at, leaves the crowd, goes out beside the lake to try and have some silence and solitude. And it says, a large crowd came to him. And you'll notice a trend throughout all this. Jesus will be trying to find silence and solitude. He'll see people in need. He'll have compassion in his heart, and he'll minister to them. It says, a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And friends, in this story, this is right after Jesus has called uh, Matthew, or in Mark, uh, Mark references Matthew as Levi, his other name, uh, to follow him, maybe one of his disciples. And Matthew was a tax collector. And so Jesus enters into his house, and he eats dinner with Matthew and his friends, and the people say, you might recognize this, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus said, silence them with a holy rebuke. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Y'all remember that? Famous teaching of Jesus came when he was actually trying to seek some time alone. 
few verses later, Mark 2.23, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. This story is when the Pharisees come, and they challenge Jesus because his disciples were picking grain on the Sabbath. How dare they? And you have this famous, iconic, verbal duel between Jesus and the Pharisees that we've all heard about. It came when Jesus was trying to walk alone, have some time of silence and solitude with his father walking through a grain field. A few verses later, Mark 3, 7, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. In this story, people with diseases come and they press in on Jesus and they're just trying to touch him so that they can be healed. And people who are demon-possessed come and they fall before him and the demons that possess them cry out, this is the son of God. It happened when Jesus was trying to be alone. Mark 3.13, Jesus withdraws to a mountainside to get away from the crowds, and his disciples follow him. And this is when he appointed the 12 disciples to go out and teach, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to preach the truth. Matthew 13, verses 1 through 3, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. And then Jesus, who had trying to be spending some time alone with his father, begins to teach and tell these parables that are so famous that we've all heard about. The parable of the sower, the parable of the weeds, the parable of the mustard seed, the hidden treasure in the field, and many others. Next chapter, Matthew 14, 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So what did Jesus just heard? It says when Jesus heard what had happened, what he heard is that his dear friend and cousin, John the Baptist, had just been killed. And in response to this, Jesus goes alone to try and grieve, be in the presence of his father, and the crowds follow, and once again, he sees the people, and he has compassion. And you know what he does next? He feeds the 5,000. Y'all know that story. It happened when Jesus was trying to be alone with his father. Mark 7, 24 and 25, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence a secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. And Jesus sees this woman. He has compassion on her, and he cast the demon out of her daughter. Matthew fifteen twenty nine. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him. Jesus begins to heal the sick. And then guess what happens? Jesus feeds the 4,000. Are y'all getting this? Like all these amazing, incredible stories of Jesus' ministry on earth came in a time when he was not seeking out people to heal, seeking out people to minister to, but he was seeking out time to remain in his father. And people came to him and he bore fruit. Last one, Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus went on to teach 
one of the most famous teachings of his entire ministry that we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Remember that verse in John 15, verse 5, that we read? It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, Jesus practiced what he preached. Jesus calls us to remain in him and he in us, and out of that remaining, we will bear much fruit. Jesus spent his whole life remaining in his Father, and he bore much fruit. I'm going to say something crazy. If you asked me a few days ago what I thought Jesus spent most of his time trying to do when he was on earth, I would have said that he sought out those in need to minister, to preach the truth, to heal, to cast out demons. But upon this study, I think that Jesus spent most of his time trying to be with his Father. And out of that remaining, the Father provided opportunities for him to minister. He bore much fruit. We don't spend enough time in silence and solitude. Uh, Now, bearing fruit is one thing, but friends, there's another reason why we need to practice silence. See, the noise that constantly fills our minds tries to distract us from the voice of God. Friends, the voice of God is trying to tell you that God loves you more than you could ever know. But the noise in your head says, you're unlovable. The voice of God is trying to tell you, I chose you. I have adopted you into my family. You are my daughter. You are my son that I love. I sent my son Jesus to die for your sins because I love you. And if you would only accept my free gift of grace, you would know that no matter what you do, you are already clean in my eyes. You don't have to hide your sin from me. I knew about all of it before. But the noise in your head says, you are filthy. You are dirty. You are disgusting to God. Have you ever heard that one? It's all lies. And if we would only sit still for long enough to let the noise settle, we could finally hear the still, small voice of God. So where do we go from here? First, remember... That the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude is always in the presence of God. This is not an excuse to isolate yourself or seclude yourself from community. To be alone with your depression or your narcissism or anything like that. This is to be alone with God. It's always in the presence of God. And remember this. No matter how good or bad you are at the practice of silence already, you aren't practicing it enough. No matter how consistent you are, you aren't practicing enough. Remember the life of Jesus. So let me tell you what my new practice of silence looks like. Like I said, I'm just two weeks into this. Um, So when I go to have my time with the Lord, uh, I sit down, and before I try and say anything to God, before I begin praying for my loved ones, my family, my friends, before I thank God for the blessings that he's given me, Before I read scripture, I just sit there and I think about how God is right there with me. God is right there with me. And then 
in his presence, I try and let the noise settle, and I literally just think whatever thought comes to my mind, right? Our thoughts just bounce around, sometimes randomly, and, and you can't control what you think about, but I just think the thoughts as they come to my mind, I think them, and I think about them in the context of God being with me. And if, I, if the thought that comes to my mind is something, uh, something sad, some loss, I think about it in the context of God's love for me and his faithfulness to me. And if the thing I think about is something trivial, like the Houston Rockets, I just think about it and I let it, I let it drop. And I imagine, like this jar of glitter, the, the noise settling. And as I think these thoughts, I just I think them out of my head. And I wait until the noise settles. And sometimes this can be quick, uh, especially in the first thing in the morning for me, it, you know, maybe it only takes five minutes. Um, sometimes it could take 30 minutes. Sometimes I will never reach that silence. I'm not very good at it yet. Sometimes I've heard about people taking these spiritual retreats of silence, and it takes days before they achieve silence. Sometimes after the noise finally settles, I only have time to read one verse. But at least I can focus on it and remember it. Amen? So after the noise settles, I begin my conversation with God through me talking through prayer and me listening through reading scripture and hearing his words for me. And friends, again, this takes practice. And so when you first start, or even if you've been doing it for a while, if you're not good at it and you struggle to achieve silence, that's okay. Remember, I'm in the same boat. And just keep practicing. So here's the challenge. This week, in your time with the Lord, before you start talking to him, before you start reading, just sit in his presence and let the noise settle. And be like Jesus and spend more time with God than you are right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the example that we have of Jesus. How Jesus spent so much of his time seeking out time with you. And Lord, I pray for these, my brothers and sisters in here now, that you would help them to achieve silence so that they can hear your voice, that you would silence any voice that is not from you, that you would speak through loudly and clearly. As we continue in worship, that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray over this time of offering uh, that you would bless the gifts that are given and multiply them, and that you would bless the givers and give us cheerful hearts as we give back to you the money that is already yours. We love you, Lord. It's in Christ's holy name that we pray.